It was something as simple as a hello that drew me to where you stood. And from that day on, I never wanted to leave your side. And for everything that I gave, I would give again. So much pain that subsides, so many hellos that should have been goodbye, so much truth that was really just a beautiful lie. A painful reaction to an attraction that was the case of you making a decision between a reality that you could see, hear, and feel, and the lust that fills your heart to see, hear, and feel another. Brokenhearted, I called it a waste of time. I felt it all. Your pain. Your guilt. Your shame. I kept my promise to stand with you in the rain, unaware that you was the very storm I was trying to protect us from. I loved you enough for the both of us, even though I know it wasn't anywhere near enough. And now I lie here in my fears, drowning in my tears, a prisoner of my own love for you, because I choose not to heed the warnings. Cause when the sky grew dark, I took a deep breath and curled under as if I was asking you to protect me from your demons. Last night, I laid my love for you to rest, hoping that it would somehow find peace in the hollow spot that used to once lie my body. My tears highlighted every spot that felt a kiss, a touch, or felt the breeze as it went through as a grisping of your whispers. I once told you that I would love you forever, even though I knew that our forever had a time capsule, and I didn't know how long that it would last, but I was willing to carry this journey with you until every pain, ache, and sorrow that you had would pass. Unaware that there was nothing that I could do, that it was you, that you was hiding from you, that you was running from it, and I was just an echo of a dark call that held your hand, that told you it was okay, and that no matter what, we can make it through it all. Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black, and I'm happy to be here today. 
family. We have a very special guest in the studio today. The lovely, beautiful poet, Janet Dawson. Spoken Soul Sessions family, how y'all doing out there today? Y'all know I get excited when we have guests in the studio. Let me give this poet the proper introduction she deserves. Poet Janet Dawson. She has been writing poetry since she was 14 years old. With over 15 years of performing, she knows she's known from her heartfelt words and fearless blunt attitude. She's the author of four books, including the ebook. She's a host, co-host, and performed in well over 50 shows, local and nationally. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into all of her accolades. And when I tell you this poet, you, you got a little taste of her in the beginning of the show. But when I tell you guys, this sister is phenomenal. Spoken Soul Sessions family, welcome. Let's give a warm, warm welcome to my sister and your sister, Miss Janet Dawson. Hey, Queen, what's good with you? What's good with you? How you doing today? I'm good. I am good, love. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm happy. I'm so happy to have you in the studio today. I've been wanting to do this interview with you for a minute now, and we finally got time to knock it out, and it's a, it's a blessing. So you are, you, I mean, you are beautiful. I, I see you in the studio. You're, you're so beautiful, Queen. Uh, let's get right into it. Let's get right into right. it. I asked the, the number one question I asked all my guests when they come on the show is a generic question, but I like to get the perspective of so many different artists. So I'm okay. going to ask you, Queen, why poetry? Why spoken word? Um... I think so I've told a story a couple of times um, when I first started writing it was actually kind of by accident um, I was working on some spelling words and I just I was like oh I wonder if I you know kind of wrote them down and started rhyming stuff and putting them together and you know kind of went from there uh, it wasn't until I was about 16 no, about 14, somewhere between 14 and 16, that I think the the actual definition of poetry and what it meant to me um, actually started hitting. I had a, um, a lady that used to come over to my mom's house a lot, and she used to read me like Edgar Allan Poe and, uh, you know, and Shakespeare and stuff like that. And it was something about poetry or poetic things that always drew me Um always drew me I never knew that it was something that was still active um, you know something that was still relevant um, anything to do with poetry I always heard just kind of the old school mm. you know renditions of things I didn't even know it was something that was still around um, but I realized that 
it became almost like music to me. Like music is something that I, I I'm, I'm so drawn to. Um, and I realized that like I would walk around and once I became aware, poems would really just start. Mm. Everything became poetry to me. Everything in my thoughts, everything I felt, everything I saw, heard, it just... And it would just, like, I would literally walk around with a notebook and pen because stuff would just kind of, you know, just pop in my head. And I realized that it was the only way. I didn't hang around a lot of people. I kind of stayed to myself. I was the girl that guys ignored. I was the girl that, you know, other girls didn't really want to hang out with. Mm. Um, And so that poetry, it became my outlet of just expressing everything I thought and felt. Um, and that's kind of that was pretty much just how it all started and began for me. Wow. Beautiful and profound. Like a lot of us, you know, I think I always say that I believe that that calling for spoken word artists is going to find you. Some form of fashion is going to find you because I was yeah. a person I used to write a lot also, but I kept a lot of my work private. But uh, the people, the select few people that I did, you know, allow to listen to my work they would encourage me to like, yo, listen, you should try your hand in the spoken word. So it was something that was just basically just kind of like, not, I didn't even say forced, but it was mm-hmm. kind of like presented, it, it presented itself on numerous occasions where I couldn't escape from it. So I see that a, a lot of the same things that you experienced, I experienced also dealing with the spoken word, like yeah. seeing a lot of things in poetry, like, when you look at certain things, like with me, when I look at the news or I look at a, a TV show or a movie, I see things in, you know, poetically. Like, how would I put that yeah. in a poem? How how, how, how could I? You. Yeah, it triggers you. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? So it urges you to write. And I think it's a beautiful gift. It's a gift because a lot of a lot of poets don't have that. You know what I mean? To be able to translate poetry through everyday working your everyday dealings you're able to extract the poetry from it and i think Mm -hmm. that's amazing it's an amazing gift to have you know and you know you see the world different and you can really hear it in your poetry like the the piece that uh, i played in the beginning of the show i mean it was like really captivating like the music you decided to use i don't know if you played the music yourself but the music was just epic and it, it just lends itself so well to that poem and it kind of it, it kind of makes you want to just relax and just listen to your words and really feel there's a lot of love there you know there's a lot of emotion in that poem and i thought it was dope man i thought i thought that listen, poem was dope. the whole time you planned it like when i first heard it it took me a minute i was like why does that sound so familiar <laughs> i didn't realize it was me i was like why does that sound so familiar and i'm sitting there and i'm like i really almost made myself cry because it was a oh so that piece it's actually it was broken down in three sections mm. I had, it was a piece that I was working on little bits at a time. And it's actually two stories put into one. Mm. I was at the time going through a divorce and my ex-husband at the time was, um, he had found an interest in someone else. And at the time it was hard because I was still living with him. Mm. 
And so I had all these feelings. <clears throat> I had all these feelings and emotions of like, you know, trying to make things right. But at the same time, trying to accept the journey that we're on right now. Mm. Um, I had moved on and started dating somebody else who had a who loved me the best that he could even though he had no idea what love was mm. because he was fighting his own demons. Mm. He had never really been faithful to anybody. Um, he had a drinking problem and he loved women. Mm-hmm. Um, so the emotions of just being torn between two people that I know aren't good situations, mm. but like my heart, because it was almost like I found comfort in the other person because the one that I originally wanted no longer wanted me. Mm, I feel you. You get what I'm saying? Mm. So it was, it was being caught between that. Now the piano that you hear is actually at the time she was about eight or nine. It is actually my daughter. Wow. She had self-taught herself keyboard Mm. and she said, mommy, I wrote you a, uh, I wrote you a piece because she knew that my, my first love of music was classical music. Mm. That was my very first love to music. And she started falling in love with classical music. And she was like, I wrote this for you. And I was like, I have got to catch you playing this one day because I might actually want to use it in a piece. Little did I know that it would actually be the piece that I had already, you know, had been working on. And then for some reason, it just seemed like having a thunderstorm playing in the back of it Mm. would just top it off. Like it just and it all just kind of worked itself out that but I kept that forever and I had a laptop that got destroyed mm. and I thought that I had lost the piece. I forgot that I had actually emailed myself mm. all of my stuff. And so when I had I had recently purchased me a new laptop and I think I typed in something like MP3 or something like that and all this stuff that just wow. started coming. Mm. Yeah. It was fate. I mean that 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 piano interlude. Oh my god, man! That was everything, man. That was everything. Like it just takes you. The words that you were spitting, it takes you there. It, like you feel all of the hurt. You feel all of the disappointment. You feel all of the hope. You feel everything in that poem, coupled with that music, paired with that music. Is is beautiful, man. It's absolutely beautiful thank you and uh you. i i because I, I was gonna play another one of your pieces however i was like hold on let me listen to this piece <laughs> and i said oh no this is the piece to open the show this is the piece to open the show so yeah shout out to your daughter man shout out to your daughter yeah. man and shout out to you because that's a phenomenal piece man and you really you really brought what you was trying to convey through that piece and it's, and it's definitely re- well received so I want to get you let let the audience hear some live Janet Dawson. So let <laughs> me so so let me uh I'm gonna play a, a commercial for one of my sponsors and then I'm gonna set the stage up for you and right. we're gonna get into your first piece. All right. Hello, 
This is William S. Peters Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Interchild Press International. First, I must say we at Interchild Press are proud to support my brother Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific, embracing, and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Interchild Press International offer to you his listeners, and all spoken word artists, writers, and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. Please mention code SPOKENSOUL to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at innerchildpress.com, and we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are Interchild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.innerchildpress.com. Thank you. Coming to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome to my sister and your sister, poet Janet Dawson. I'm not your man. I'm not a man. So I won't pretend to understand the struggles and strives that you've been through. But I need you to understand the things that I've been through, the pressure that life puts on me by society standards that tell me who it is that I should be and who it is that I should think about becoming. The mental strain that puts on me when I'm trying to be there for you without losing myself. The stress of hanging by your side, trying not to be your side piece, but knowing the places that is burning on my health. But I put a smile through the pain and I offer you shelter in the rain. People forget that sometimes it's us women that's rescuing you. You tell me that you love me and that I'm your world. And it's not that you're first that I've caught you trying to flirt with that girl. You see, it's you that makes us weak. It's you that's in that moment that you have to choose freely of what you choose to entertain with someone else who barely knows you while you have a silent tongue to the one that just last week was wiping your tears. Last month, I supported you when you stood there and you had no job. Last night, I encouraged and lifted you up. You told me not to stress because I had no one to impress that I gave you everything that you need, yet she looks like the figure of who it is that I'm trying to be. I stood by your angry days, and I took the hit of your angry words. You call it nagging because I haven't seen you all day, and you forget that I don't have much, but I do my best to give you thank you and praise. My back hurts and my feet are swollen, and it seems as if my soul needs to heal. How can I worry about showing you sex appeal when there's no appreciation? I trusted you with my tears, and you have become a mirror reflection of my fears. Wow. Wow. That, that poem right there is like an open book right there, man. Men, <laughs> men, men, can take, men can take that poem and really, I mean, really learn some things you know a lot of, a lot of the things you said in there man are so essential to making a relationship work appreciation you know what i mean appreciation to show that time to say that i understand what you're doing i see what you're doing and i appreciate it 
the care enough to just do that you know a lot of men miss that and that and that yeah. poem was so revealing it was so revealing and it was so you know informative you know from from me being a male to to look at those things at as they matter you know a lot of guys you know we get caught up you know i always say that we're simple creatures man men are very simple <laughs> very very simple and base however women are very intricate and complex you know what i mean and a yes. lot of times a lot of times they get misconstrued and we get misunderstood you know see men we have a tendency of just seeing what's in front of us you mm -hmm. know women they have the ability to see the whole picture you know what i mean sometimes that's, that's what they say behind every great man is a great woman because women have that that ability to foresee things if you if you're in trouble and you're going down the road of trouble a woman can pull your coat and say look you're going down the road the wrong path and i see this happening for you or if you're doing something and you're not quite there to be successful she can put you on that right road you know what I'm saying? But a lot of times men, we get caught up in our egos and, our, and being arrogant and we don't want to take that advice, you know? And it's really hard. And it's um, so like I had to realize like a lot of my, especially a lot of my beginning work um, has a lot of basis to do with my experiences of, you know, in, my, in a lot of my relationships. One being one, the mainstream with my ex-husband, he had a lot to do, whether negative or positive. Um, mm. He had a lot to do. Um, with a lot of my early stuff. And a lot of it was when we married, I was 19. I was still trying to figure out what it was I wanted to be when I grew up. I had a very, I was very mature for my age. Like I was very headstrong. I had, I, I had been through a lot in a very short period of time. Mm. And so by the time I met him, like I knew I was ready to settle down. I knew I was done. You know, I had did all the crazy stuff and I had, you know, seen and lived as much life as I wanted to, you know, at that time. And uh, but there was still a lot that I had to understand. Well, one of the issues that we ran across was he was older than me. Mm. <clears throat> and even though we never like we never argued about our age or anything like that, but it was he was ready for certain things that I wasn't yet sure if I was even there yet. Mm. But I have a very. I have a I don't want to say dominant mindset, but I'm very like assertive yeah like if i like i don't really just like i'm not saying something just to blow smoke out my ass like if mm -hmm. i'm saying it it means i'm already trying to put a plan in motion i'm already trying to you know what can we do what can we go how can this you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. i used to always tell him like you can tell me you want to build a rocket ship and my reply is gonna be simple where you want me to take the hammer and nails mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like let's do this that's I'm, right for a, a lot of people a lot of men, it is very hard to be with somebody like me. If I think it, I'm going to say it. If mm. I see it, if you fucking up, I'm going to tell Oh, sorry. Yeah, you cool. You good. You good. You good. Right. We good. Yeah. <laughs> My mouth is bad. <laughs> um, you know, I'm that type. If I see you fucking up, I'm going to tell you, hey, you need to calm the fuck down and, you know, breathe a little bit. But it's only because, like, if I care about something, I'm passionate about it. 
You know, if, if I've watched you come a long ways and I see where you struggling and you striving, then I'm going to be like the military. You ain't falling on my watch. We're going to get up, get you know, wipe your face, dust off what you got to get and let's keep it moving. Shit's got to get done, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but that's not always easy um, for a lot of a lot of people to understand. You have some women that have men mentality when it comes to certain areas I think my my I guess man trait would be being a survivor, you know, mm-hmm. just taking I ain't got time to cry. I ain't got time to I mean, I ain't saying I don't and that, you know, stuff don't hit me, but I got to keep going to the next thing. I can't afford to just sit here and slack off. You know what I'm saying? I have to keep pushing and I got to keep fighting, trying to get to the next, you know, to the next step. And I think this poem was really important to me because I needed I needed men to understand that sometimes you don't understand that we try our best, but while we're trying, like, I don't think a lot of men realize that women don't really get a whole lot of credit. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't really get a whole lot of just due servants. You know, people are running around talking about, you know, be his peace and be this and be that. But they forget that we're breaking our back trying to hold y'all up. Yes. You know, that we go to bed like, damn, you know, we ain't had a hug yet because we're trying to comfort you. Mm. You know, sometimes it don't always work as two people, you know, locking up and holding each other. Sometimes it really is a one sided thing because men, you do go through a lot and you don't always say. So women kind of have to the pick and figure out, you know, all right, you know, baby been working all day. You know, he's got a lot on his plate. He's trying to provide for the family, you know, this and that. So you try to, you try to do your part to uphold that, you know, but they don't really stop and look at you running off of less than four hours of sleep. You've been chasing kids all day. You've been trying to make sure a cooked meal is done, a clean house, laundry, you know what I'm saying? On top of trying to run a full-time job, you know, outside of that, you know, a lot of times it doesn't get looked at. We have insecurities that we deal with. It's and I understand that it's going to be in people's nature to look and, you know, you got porn and all this other stuff. And I'm not talking about, you know, things of that magnitude. But, you know, if you know that you have a, a woman that's got insecurities of what she's trying to deal with herself, it's really hard to tell us, baby, I love you for you because you got what I want. But then we catch you gawking at something that's totally opposite. Mm-hmm. Totally <laughs> you know, opposite. From what we are, it, it makes us feel some kind of way like. See, that's well, see, no, you know what I, I think that lies in? It lies in the, the misunderstanding between both. Because I'm going to tell you, men are going to look. I mean, oh, yeah. they get, they're going to they get, they can act like if they if a man see that it bothers you when he looks he'll try to hide when he looks out of, out of love and, and, and no respect for you, but men are going to look and it has nothing to do with being faithful, but every man, they put women, men, men put women in certain categories. So a lot of times you got your woman at home and she may see a girl with a fat behind walk by or whatever. And he like, damn. And you know what I'm saying? And, and they may misinterpret that to mean that, oh, you're going to cheat on me. You don't value me and what I have and what I bring right. to the table. But it's not the case. It's just being so simple and visual. Men are just visual. As soon as they see it, they react like a woman. But you oh, know what I've also understood, too, is that something that 
and this is just me because I can't speak for all women, mm-hmm. you know. But for me, what I've realized is that I notice the difference of how I feel around somebody else based off of how I generally feel just by myself and the comfortability I have in my relationship. Mm. Meaning when I was with the one guy that was very like, he couldn't keep his hands to himself. It made me feel some kind of way about every time somebody came by. I felt like I had a question exactly. and you know what I'm saying? Mm. Kind of worried. And then once I got into a relationship with somebody that I genuinely knew loved me, mm. then all that other stuff I didn't even pay attention to. Mm. You didn't, you, know you didn't have to question you didn't have to question it that, I didn't that, have to question because he yes. made me feel like I was the only one that yes. truly mattered and I think that was the just I was trying to get through the pieces whether it's male or female when you have your partner if you, all it takes like it's the simplest thing sometimes if you worry about her nagging and this and that and how you can't deal with this and you can't deal with that with her you will be surprised how much that will change when she starts to feel secure in her relationship with you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? If you've given her reason because you was out here acting like a fool, granted it was her choice if she stayed, but that's still a tough pill to swallow sometimes. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I think it was just, I I really just wanted to write something just kind of made people a little bit more conscious, you know, Mm. of, just be conscious of your partner, you know, and, and what they feel and what they may be going through. Indeed. That's, it's so true. And a lot of relationships can get saved like that, you know, just taking the time to just pay attention, you know, just pay attention because it's true. Cause if you make, and women say this too, but men don't listen. They say that if you make, you make me feel this way. You, the only yeah. reason why I'm insecure is because you make me insecure. And it's profound because it's so true. You keep messing around. And, and, that, and I think that's the difference between a man and a boy. A lot of, you have a lot of males, grown males, walking around with the title of men, but they still think like little boys. They don't know what's important. Because when you have when a when a man has something in front of him and it's important to him, he knows what to do with it. He knows instinctively what to do with it. Like, oh, I want to lock this down. Like you can you you look at a woman, men look at women and say, All right, this is the type of woman, this is the type of woman I would love to marry. This is the type of woman I would love to sleep with. There's a difference. And a lot of times women, the women that 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 are married that want are the women that are going to get married, they take offense to when they look at the women that he want to sleep with. But the sleeping with the, the woman or just the visual of it is nothing compared to the love that he have for the yeah. for his queen. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. some men don't know how to articulate that. They don't know how totally to express agree. that. Listen, you got some women that think the same way. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, some women that's the same way. Like, listen, boo. <laughs> you know, that's you know, going to be hubby. But you yeah, going to be tonight. Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, so they, they can identify with that. Because, yeah, you know, there's some women like they, they looking at, oh, yeah, I, yeah, he can he can do that. But you, I will marry you. I'll settle down with you. I'll have your kids. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's the the big takeaway but that poem right there it illustrates so much information that we can listen to and really really learn 
You know what I'm saying? How to treat your woman and what she's really feeling. Because I always use the, the, the similitude or the analogy of a horse. And I say the men, men are like horses. And women are like the riders of the horses. They're controlling everything. A man got passion. He got, he got drive. A woman that's riding him correctly will di direct him in the right direction. Some women get the, them type of men and they run them off a cliff. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. it, it's, up, it's up to the individual of where they're going to go. And it comes back to the understanding of knowing yourself. And then when two people who know themselves link up, that's when the magic happens. But a lot of guys, a lot of guys and sisters, females out there, they don't know what it's like to be real men and women and to, and to, to interact with each other on that level. But yeah, that's deep though. That poem is profound, but we got to get into some more poetry. You know what I mean? We're going to get into some more poetry. So I'm going to set the stage back up for you. Coming back to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome to poet Janet Dawson. One wall, two walls, three walls, four. Oh my God, I can't take this anymore. If I ever had time, I swear that I would wish you would just fade away as this sits to the now. Could you hurry it up and be careful not to make a sound? You see, I laugh, I cry, I'm banging my head wondering why your love sucks and so do I. There's no reason of why we should be here. And I'm still wondering of why in this life you made to say, I do. I'm sorry to tell you, but you are no king and I'm not a drive through. So you can't have it your way. I'm sorry that I caused you because I can't see the undo, the streams and the stopping screams or what stops by. It's in my bed that I lay wondering what makes you feel this way, why it is that you hurt me, yet you love me even harder. Hard screams become soft touches. Harsh words become a tender feel. What makes this such an off balance that keeps me feeling as if it's so, so for real? What was I thinking? What was on my mind? All of this feels like a waste of time. So you shut up and I shut down. I'm not listening. I know you stopped probably about 20 minutes ago. You think that I don't listen, but I know that neither do you. We fight just to have reason to talk. We talk just so we can have a reason to make love. And we have, I'm sorry, and we make love just to have a reason to have a reason and peace. Wow. You, you, my sister, you have a way with words. You really have a way with words. The way you, the way you prepare your poetry, the way, I mean, the way you deliver it, man, is so you can really feel it, man. You can really feel what what you're going through. Like it's it's so it's like I want to say like I can really empathize. I can really like you putting the words on the table. You hitting notes. It's like <laughs> wow, 
I've been in that situation before. I've been in that situation before. So it's like, it's touching all these keys, man. I'm like, wow, man, but profound piece. What's the name of that piece again? Um, That one was actually called The Letter. The Letter. Mm. I have a lot of pieces that I have never performed. Mm. I've never performed. I've never read. <clears throat> and i tell you why. So... And I, I, I performed at a Queens of Poetry event um, a while back in St. Louis. And it was absolutely amazing to be on stage with just all these women and, you know, that, that their dynamics and seeing how, you know, everything is. And that I learned something about myself. Mm. So my anxiety is really bad. I have terrible anxiety. And so I used to host open mics in once I got up there, I was good, mm. you know, and then one day I know you hear the story about like a lot of performers, like they were singing and dancing on stage. And then all of a sudden one day they got there and almost pissed themselves like they couldn't move. They mm. couldn't, you know, they were stuck. Mm. That's literally what happened to me. I had been off the stage in so long that I remember I went to go do an open mic in uh, Charlotte and I stood there and you could literally just hear I was shaking so bad you could hear the paper. Wow. Just flapping in, you know, and I'm doing my best to, to, you know, to get through the piece. And I had to, I had to stop, give myself a breath. And that's when I realized that I had to make the stage comfortable for me. Mm. I had to make it as if it's my home. I'm not, I don't, I've never memorized any of my pieces. Mm. I don't have not one piece memorized because I don't write to remember. Mm. I write to forget. I write because I literally have like, I honestly can't even explain it. There's literally some days that I would like, I wake up out of my sleep to just so much just coming out. Like a lot of statuses that I put on Facebook is literally stuff that was just in my head that I woke up and felt like I needed to hurry up and get it out before I forget it. Mm. Um, Years of, uh, you know, being a, a wild teenage alcoholic <laughs> didn't, help, didn't help the memory bank either. You know? <laughs> so you ain't holding nothing in there. Um, but I I remember when I first started, everybody was going to poetry.com. I remember mm. everybody was doing stuff and everybody wanted to be there in that little anthology book they had, <laughs> you know, they had going on. And I remember I wrote out a bunch of stuff and a lady told me that maybe I should stop writing and consider going to therapy Mm. because she said that my stuff was a little dark and scary. And at the time I was going through, I was a suicidal depressant from the time I was 15 to the time that I was 32. I am 39. Mm. I spent most of my life being afraid to live. Wow. And my writing was the only thing I had to to express and get that out. And I found myself, I'm I'm literally one of the same but opposite of everything. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a very public person, but I'm a very private person. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I try not to say anything unless I feel it's necessary. And if I do speak, then I try to make sure that whatever I say is very clear and that you can understand it. Mm. Um, 
I don't, when I hop on stage, I've never really been one of those. If you ever see me perform, most people that see me, like you can see where my, where my inner shine and anxiety comes in. Like I get up there reading and I'm just like, okay, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) There's no like, oh, you know, in peace, blah, blah. But when I, when I read, I'm into it. Like I'm bearing everything I got. Mm into this because I want you to go along this journey with me. I want you to share this experience of what I've had to go through um, because I had somebody one time tell me, they were like, you realize that if you speak, people will listen to you. And I never realized just how much um, I never realized, I guess, how true that was because I think at some point, some people really are afraid to speak up. Yes. You know, and I have a big mouth. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of shy to myself, but I'm very like, I'm, I have a big mouth. So I'm very much like here, you know, if I can put myself out there um, and, and express my feelings and my thoughts and give you an opportunity to just simply say, thank you. That was me. Then that's what I do my best to you know, that's what I try to relay is it's just putting everything I got into it. And you can hear it. You can definitely hear it. You can hear it in your work and your words are definitely touching. And, you know, it, your, your work lends itself well to people who are going through things and they can find what they're going through in your poems, you know, because that makes me happy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you should be happy, Queen, because definitely you you provide a service. And you had said something that was very deep. You said, I don't write to remember. I write to forget. And a lot of time, that's another that's another uh, type of beauty of this art form that we that we're involved in is that the power of that spoken word can heal, you know, and sometimes it, all it takes is for you to get it out. All it takes for you to express yeah. what you're trying to say and it won't bother you as much, you know? Well, so- you know, it's like you said, you can listen to music or, or watch a movie and something. I've done that so many times, sat and watched a movie. And like, if I watch a movie, like I'm into it, you know, mm-hmm. I can feel like everything, whether yes. it's like a thought or something that's triggered. And I watch all kinds of stuff. I'm not really into the scary or horror stuff, mm-hmm. but like anything that, there's just certain movies that just trigger certain things or, um, you know, certain music that will remind me of something that I went through and I can just start, you know, you know, blah, 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 you know, getting it out there. And I feel like it's, it's so important because especially for someone that's been in this field for a while, I'm sure you've noticed there used to be so much slander against poets that read from books or read from your phones or Mm -hmm. read from paper. And I, it was really important for me to prove a point that I don't give a, listen, if I have this (laughs) show on the back of my hand, you're not going to sit here and tell me that what I have to say is any less important than what you got because you up there spitting there on everybody and you know going through all this and that and and did that bit pop boom you know like my stuff is just as important I have a right and I think for years I had to fight and claw my way into trying to prove that I am 
good enough yes. that I am just as important as the next person. And then it's not, to, like I said, it's not to a slam because listen, I know amazing slam artists. I know amazing people that um, join competitions and all that stuff, but I don't write to entertain people. Mm. You know, exactly. I'm not writing for competitions because I, I can't, you can't put a score on what I feel. Exactly. You can't put a performance level on what it is that I'm going through. Mm. If I'm giving my perspective on what the world is around me, what I see, what I hear, what I feel, you know, you can't do that. So Mm. there's no sense of me even trying to put myself. (laughs) You see, first of all, you got to realize this too, that a lot of spoken word artists, when you perform that piece on the stage, unless they got it recorded, it's done. It's done. You got you got you got four books. <laughs> you got four books that's gonna be here forever. You know what I'm saying? So that's the importance in itself of the written word. You know what I mean? And any person that that try to throw shade on the individual who read, you know what I mean? Just because I, I can see if it's a competition, if you're if you're competing, but just like an open mic or a feature, it doesn't matter. I seen Nikki Giovanni read for a feature. You know what I'm saying? So reading is not, you know what I'm saying? That's not a felony, but you get some people who get into the slam mode. That's slam. You want to get into slam. So you look at somebody one time that told me that I wasn't showing appreciation to my craft. Nah. (laughs) Sir. Yeah, that's crazy. I need you to take several seats. Yeah. (laughs) Because my craft comes from my, you know what I'm saying? My life, what I go through. But real quick, here's a story. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked me if I would do a piece at a fashion show once. And I said, yes, it was called the the color of something. It's mm. it's the color of greatness or something like that. It's, it's actually on my YouTube. It's one of the videos over there that I did. I actually recorded this. Now, this is the crazy thing. They asked me to do the poem. I did not write the poem because I can't write something that I don't feel. Mm. I'm not going to perform something that I'm not feeling. So nine times out of 10, if I perform something or I go to your show, it's literally something brand new that nobody's ever heard. Mm-hmm. That's one to me. That's one of the glories of me not having to memorize nothing. Because every <laughs> time I pop out somewhere, you getting something completely new. That's right. Something completely different. So I went to this fashion show. I literally wrote this poem like an hour before I had to go to the show. Mm. I sat there, I wrote it out. I was like, boom, let me record this because this shit's good. And I'm a terrible <laughs> person. I'm probably lose this notebook in about two weeks and ain't gonna know what the hell I just said out here. So <laughs> I went out there, I recorded, I get to the event. There's this guy who I guess was kind of popular around the locals, right? He gets on stage, he's doing his thing, he's you know, blah, da da, and everybody's yeah, they loving it. I get on stage with my big ass five subject notebook. <laughs> I, listen, I had no fucks given. I flip my little page and I'm sit up there trying to, you know, hold my stuff and I'm reading my stuff. And people are just like, yes. Like they were so digging it. By the end of the show, this man was so mad at me because no, almost everybody in that building was like, where can I find you? Where mm. can I get your stuff? You did such an awesome job. I so enjoyed it. Exactly. He gets on stage like right after 
it made him look crazy because as soon as I got done, he was also the MC of the event. Mm. When I got done, he called himself trying to make light, making little comments from the poem yeah. I did, mm. you know, trying to pick the fun. I stood there. I didn't say nothing. I stood there and said, okay. When it was all said and done, he was stuck sitting there in the corner because everybody was coming over to me telling me how much they appreciate my work. Mm. That's it right there, man. Yeah, because cause you got some people, man, they they get arrogant, man. And this is not the field to be arrogant. This is the field that you want to be accepting and you want to learn. You know what I mean? Because you can learn a lot. You can learn a lot. Like I've been a poet when I did majority of just written work. And then I've transcended to where I was doing performance art. Right. You know, and I never left from me doing my written work. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what started me. That's what even propelled me to even get on the stage. If it was up to mm-hmm. me, I would have just left it writing writing my poetry and allow my right. individuals who are, you know what I'm saying, are close to me to read it. And that's it. But uh definitely, you know, individuals who take that type of mentality, you know. I think you're doing too much. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing well, wrong with tell you to take several seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Several seats. Cause there's nothing wrong with wanting to perfect your craft. You want to memorize if you're competing or if you want to just put on the show, whatever you, you're doing to feature, there's nothing wrong with that. But to take it to the step to say that, Oh, you're not adequate because you don't do this. It's, it's asinine. You know what I'm saying? Because people are all on different levels. You know what I mean? And sometimes the written word, I've read people's work that made me cry. You know what I'm saying? Reading it. So it's, it's you know, I've, I've read, I've, I've heard people perform poems that also touched me in the same way, right. made me cry. But it's both. You know what I mean? It's not just, oh, if you're not doing this, it's not adequate. No, it's all needed. It's all needed. This is what I've learned. Poetry is a religion. Mm. Okay? And when you think of a religion, it's, a belief that you have that is repetitive. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's a cycle. It keeps going. So I believe that poetry is a religion. And I believe that everybody has to receive it differently. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Some people can take the preacher man as, yeah! And some people need something a little bit more calmer. You Indeed. know? Indeed. Some people need a T.D. Jakes. Some people need a Joel Osteen in their life. Mm. You know, <laughs> exactly. It, you know, it all depends on where you're at in your in in your life. Sometimes you need something a little bit more, you know, tamer to where you can actually um, stop, collect, feel it. You Indeed. know, what I'm saying and draw it. It's easy for it to get in your bones and get excited and. Yes. Woo! Girl, that was something serious. And I've done, listen, even from reading from my book, I've done pieces like that where I can get all into it. And start, but then there's sometimes where it's, who's the best example? Sometimes it's like the, I call it the Mr. Rogers effect. Mm. Sometimes mm. you need just that nice, quiet, mellow. That's right. There's you know, wrong something with it. that's, listen, and that's when I, that's what started me doing these videos actually was because I was always complimented a lot on my reading voice. Mm, you do. You and have a very, you have a very beautiful reading voice. You do. Thank you. I, I used to get it a lot. And so I, 
I always said I have more of a recorded voice voice. Mm. You know, I'm not really built for holding the mic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm made for you could pop in a CD or something and mm. you know and and listen to me. Um but it's in that, you know, it's like I said, the more the more I'm cool with it. Like I said, I'm I'm I have I make a lot of references and quotes to stuff. You know what I'm saying? To me, I have that Missy Elliott effect. I'm not a killer, but don't push me. That's right. You know, <laughs> I will knock out your teeth and ain't got to use my hands with it. You know what I'm saying? My <laughs> words will speak for themselves because I don't really give two shits what you guys think or say anyways. Mm, you know, right. I, I know what I feel and I know, I know deep down that I have affected people. Indeed. And to me, that's all that matters to me. All the other stuff, I don't I don't do this to be rich. I don't do this to be known. I don't do this to be, you know, any of that. You know, I do it because I feel like I have something to say and people need to hear it. And even if they don't want to hear it, they might come across and be like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. You know, she, I, I wasn't, you know, I hadn't even really thought about that, but you know, she got me thinking now. That's right. You never know. You never know how your words can affect a, a person or how your words can help an individual. Like you, 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 you can't take that for granted. That's why I always say, man, this, this art form, you got to be real delicate with this. Be yeah. like when you approach it, approach it with sincerity, you know, cause you got some people yes. who approach it with vanity they approach it with vanity. They just want to be vain. They want to be famous and, oh, look at me. I can spit a metaphor. But then you got those people who are doing the work. You know what I'm saying? You got those people who are doing the work. But I wanted to get into this piece right here because this piece right here moved me. This one piece you did, and I'm a, I'm going to play this. This okay. was a, it was a, it was so, when I, when I listened to it, it was like, it was, it was sensual romantic but at the same time like i don't know it was it's sexy you know what i'm saying this poem this piece right here i want my audience to get into this piece man this is coming back to the stage this is poet janet dawson with her piece tonight these feelings that we have just go stronger no promises of what we dare to make reality Cause our dreams will never lead us wrong Hiding who we really are behind these words for so long We live in a forever changing world That's crowded with never wanting to change people So I want to make something clear to you Putting everything I ever knew on the line Making it known that I'm in no rush But I want to allow myself to lie and deny your touch I stand here as a prisoner of my own loveless needs, naked with the urge to please and be pleased. Hands to my side in the light so that my shadow doesn't cast a smear over the makeup lines I may leave behind. Hoping that you delight yourself in the smoothing of my rough edges, not to change me, but to inspire me, giving me a fresh reason to breathe. Hoping that you see me as I am, bare skin. No makeup, a smile, and call it the true beauty of who I'm reflecting out. You see, I live my life in doubt, so tonight I ask that you help me help you work it out. 
I lie here unashamed of a scratch or a scar Knowing that if you're willing to listen to the stories behind them We could travel far Look at me We don't have to say a word In fact, it's better if you don't Let our eyes talk and let our fingers walk And let our heartbeats rest where they may My heart craves to be faithful and true but never could What if it was waiting for you? I know you want to try it So don't deny it, taste it, explore it Send it to new heights Tonight, let's live for tonight Holding each other through the nightmares and silent screams Tonight, having a hand at melting away the bad dreams Give you all of me without losing yourself I know you want to break out of this empty cage Living life like an animal that's full of rage Built by the stress and inner greed of some That's enough to make you want to go numb So let me be your shelter of relief The river of belief So for tonight take my hand And we'll dance to no music Just a mere shine from the bathroom The bed is our break to freedom I'll jump if you do I have no worries of being alone As long as I'm alone with you I know you want to try it Life without the rules Of who people want you to be I know you want to taste it The fruit that's not forbidden It's just misunderstood You see I know that we both are in need of some repair But for tonight, I ask that you just stare. Cover me with the comfort of you. We don't have to move. It's a connection that very few will understand. It's not a stand or a cry of wanting you to be my man. Just a hero for a few. So just for tonight, if it's okay, I just want to rest here with you. Wow. Oh, that joint right there, so laid back, so beautiful. Man. I, lo- I love that joint. That one line you got in there, you said it's not the forbidden fruit, it's just misunderstood. <laughs> yes, yes. Tell us about that piece right there, man. Tell us about that a little bit. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, so that piece was, I wrote that about eight years ago. Wow. Um, it is, it is a true story. Mm. Um, there was someone that was very special to me and we had a, it was a night, he was pretty much, he was like my best friend. And there was a night where I was just like, everything in my life was just falling apart. Mm. And it was like, I felt like I needed something that was, I needed something that was beyond sex. 
you know what I'm saying? Like it was sex, but I needed to be something more than that. So I knew it wasn't something like I wanted to run out to the club and just be like, you know, fuck men and, you know, just go find <laughs> somebody to go run off and have a one night stand with or something, you know. Um, I, I knew that I needed, it was just something. And I, he came to see me and I didn't plan for it to happen, but it, I mean, it happened and it was, the poem was pretty much just like my interpretation of kind of the walkthrough of it, you know, of, you know, me trying to hide in the shadows, you know, so they won't see the makeup lines of my smears because at some point I found myself literally like in tears, Mm. you know, during this whole ordeal of just trying to, I just, I had so much emotionally that was just bottled up and, um, I needed to, I needed to find comfort in something that was familiar to me Mm. Um, because I felt like I had lost, you know, so much. And he was, he was familiar to me and he was, he, it was one of those, um, he felt like home, Mm. you know, my, it was something my, my soul needed. Um, And that, and that's what a piece of, you know, the bed would be our break to freedom, um, because I felt like I was going through so much that I felt like that was the only place that I could really just kind of lay all of this on the line. You yes. know? So that, that, that piece, man, that's so profound. Now that you put it in perspective, you know, and, and give the background of it, it's everything that you just said was, di- was displayed in that piece. And that's the crazy part. Like I really felt like, I was watching a movie and this was the scene in it. This was well, a scene. Well, it's funny because, so the original, there is a video of me reading this mm. poem. I was in a hotel room. At the time I was homeless and I was living in a hotel and I would make these videos of me reading a lot of my work. Mm. Um, he was still pretty active in my life at the time. Um and then when I decided to come with the idea that I wanted to do a CD, I knew that that piece had to be on there. Like I, it was something that I just, I felt like it needed to be on the CD. And so I had been making uh, a lot of trips back and forth to St. Louis and met a lot of cool people. And I came across a producer out there and it was just something about this man's whole vibe that I was just like, you are the person that I know is going to bring this. So I bought, I read the piece in his, in his studio and God bless him for being so patient with me. Cause I had never been in a studio before <laughs> and you know, everything, everything, all my other recordings are pretty much just been me and my laptop. Mm. And uh, so we sat down and he was like, he heard it and he goes, I got you. And he, uh, Drew Manti in uh, for Feel Good Music Productions in St. Louis. He sat wow. down and he did. He pieced all that from scratch. Wow! All that wow. from scratch. The only thing I had to do was just go on and rad. And he was like, "Even if you mess up, just keep it going. You know, we'll fix it as we go along." And I, it probably took about fifteen takes. God bless him for being patient <laughs> with me. Because I kept tripping over words and getting tongue tied mm. and, you know, and everything else. But once I finally got a good layout and he was like, OK, cool. I sat back and I sat on the couch and he did all the rest of the work. 
That's 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 beautiful, man. Cause that piece was that piece was when I first heard it, I was like, wow, this is a nice sensual piece, man. This joint is nice and smooth, you know. So it, it gives you a certain type of feel, man. But uh, definitely, oh, but time is approaching us. But I want to get you. I want to get. I want to get my audience to hear one more piece from you you can do a closing piece for my audience and then we'll get into your books where we can go purchase your books and how we can support you so All right. coming back to the stage give a warm warm round of applause for my sister and your sister the beautiful lovely Janet Dawson It's long overdue. Everything's that's not even owed to me, but I've paid the cost of hoping the memories of us aren't lost. Tell me what's going through your mind when I'm nowhere in sight. Does your hopes cause you to daydream? My hands still bear the imprints of you, gripping under my fingertips, scratching us as I carve you into my skin, light sense of where you were, tracing my fingertips to replay the nights that you kissed me here and here. One touch made me feel you everywhere. My body caves into the pillow. My heart is filled with envy and my hands are jealous. You see, I envy the fruit that passes through your lips and rolls through your tongue and teeth. I envy the drink that flows down your throat and fulfills your appetite. I'm jealous of your legs because they take you away from me. I'm jealous of the shirt that's wrapped around you every day. Night falls and my night dreams are covered in stardust. Flames that don't fade, lights that flicker, twilight is near. And I wish you were closer. And your touch was everlasting. If I could paint a perfect picture, it would be the imagination of what life would be like. A perfect love song starting simply you and me. Close your eyes and think of the moments we share. Now imagine if I wasn't there. It's a pain that's felt almost too much to bear. I can't let it go. And how did I create? It's amazing how you can't let go of what you didn't create. And how do you stop what you didn't start? It's impossible to end what hasn't fully begun. It's long overdue. A price I'll continue to pay as long as it keeps bringing me you. I figured it out, though. I figured it out. I know what it is. Audio book. Audio book, audio book. You need to drop an audio book. I'm telling you, the way you read is very soothing. And I can listen to that all day. Just sit back, lay down and just and just listen to it, man. Like audio book. That's that's what you need to get done. <laughs> you need an audio book. But tell us about the four books you got out. You got four books out. You didn't wrote four books. Yes. And and where where can we find them and how can we support you? So there is G Marks the Spot. It's a collection of love and sensual, not really erotic, but you know, kind of sensual romantic type poetry. Um, then there is uh, the lipstick, the red lipstick diaries. That is my heart right there. Mm, red <laughs> uh, lipstick it is diaries. all erotic poetry. Uh, it's got a couple pictures in there for you. All um, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got started my kind of, I used to have a love hate relationship actually with erotic poetry. Mm. Um, but it's kind of where I got my start. Um, then there is the art of me, which is kind of like a, a small taste of like my biography 
put into poetry form. And then I did an ebook called um, Better Days Ahead. And it is to, it is basically quotes and affirmations mm. um, created by myself uh, to help those that struggling with uh, depression or suicidal depression um, to help you look beyond that and, and to try to, to find something good in it. You can find it all on Amazon dot um, com under poet Janet Dawson. If you type in Janet Dawson, you're going to get an old white lady. Yeah, weaving. Yeah, I see. <laughs> I, 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 I got that too. She's a weaver. She weave uh, quilts and all that. Cause I put that in. And that's, yeah. And that's the first thing that uh, popped up. But then I had to put in a uh, poet Janet Dawson. I put in poet yep. Janet Dawson and it, it came right up. Wow, that's crazy. That's exactly what came up. <laughs> <laughs> But definitely, my sister, yo, y'all go out there and y'all go on Amazon. You definitely want to get that uh, red, that uh, what's the name? Um, red lipstick diary. Red lipstick diary. Yeah, le- red lipstick diary. You definitely want to get that, you know. And uh, cause cause that video, you you got a video on YouTube with the tonight when you're doing the tonight piece, and yes. that got a couple of pictures up there, some very nice pictures, man. So I know I know a lot of the fellas can appreciate that, man, <laughs> to put a face, cause the, cause your voice is just mesmerizing. You have a beautiful you, voice, man, and uh, this to match it up with the picture, you know, it's 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 beautiful. It's definitely beautiful, my queen. But I definitely want to thank you for coming through. I want to thank you. And matter of fact, speaking about Red Lipstick Diaries, I probably want to have you back on the show and we can do some poems out of that because I want to do, I do want to do an erotic series about six podcasts and I want to take different um, erotic poets that I know. I don't want the erotic poets to think I'm forgetting about them with Spoken Soul Sessions because we do it all. But I definitely want to do a six part series with um, all erotic artists and I want to bring you back and we can do some poems out of that book Red Lipstick Diaries <laughs> definitely want to do that you know hopefully okay. I'll have my copy by then you know what I'm saying before we do it I'll have my copy and then I can be like yeah look I want this one I want that one and I want that one you know <laughs> you know but definitely my sister I thank you so much for spending this time with us blessing us with your energy blessing us with your presence and blessing us with your words i mean your words are very fulfilling and you are a beautiful soul my queen and we love you uh i want you guys to remember if you're trying to get your spoken word book out there or a chat book or or even a novel i have a special relationship over there at inner child press um where they're offering a 10 percent discount if you use the promo code spoken soul spoken soul soul is spelled s-o-l and any of you guys that want to get on the show, because I've, I've recently added the spotlight edition to the Spoken Soul Session show and where I'm spotlighting different artists. So if you want to get on and you want to uh, appear on the spotlight edition of the show, send me some links where I can see your work, where I can read your work or hear your work uh, at Spoken Soul Sessions at gmail.com. That's spoken and the soul is spelled S-O-L at sessions at gmail.com so you guys man uh be wonderful be great i wanna i wanna give some positive words before we end i wanna give some positive words before we end to remind each other to be better find people who make you better 
Be around people who you make better. Each one reach one. Each one teach one. We got to love each other and we got to affirm. We have to reinforce positive affirmations of one another. When we look at each other, we should see the greatness. We should see beauty. We should see resilience because we are those things. So I want to remind you guys, always love yourself. Always be a better version of yourself the next day and the day after that. Love each other because I love you. And I hope you love me too. Peace. Peace.